0: This is The Show with Cannon Brown.
1: There's a lot of life lessons you learn through showing an animal. I mean, yeah, all the awards and stuff, they're they're nice and they make you feel good. And I mean, it shows that your hard work pays off. But, you know, the buckles are going to tarnish and the banners are going to collect dust. Memories are all you're going to really have. So I think we need to do a better job of realizing that, you know, it's about the kids.
0: That last few minutes might have been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you? What's going on, party people? My name's Cannon Brown, and you are tuned into the show. Hello! Welcome back! Oh my gosh! Um, it feels like it's been a while since I've released an episode. It's been two weeks, okay? I, I, I'll call myself out. I'm, I, I apologize. I want to take time... To apologize to the listeners that listen week to week, I have done you a disservice. I apologize and I will try not to let it happen again, okay? For those of you that are listening to this six months, two months, a year down the road, you're like, shut up. Get to the interview. This was during corona. I don't want to think about it. But to those listening week to week, I apologize. I'm making some major life decisions here and I know that's not an excuse, but I've gotta kind of prioritize my time right. And it's a weird time for people. Not I mean you you feel like people have a lot of time on their hands, but not really in our industry. I mean people are going crazy right now in the ag industry. Uh, we're all essential pretty much. so that's a good thing. I'm not complaining about that, but it's hard. For people to kind of dig out a time in their schedule to talk to me for an hour, but I'll be better. I promise. I'm gonna get a backstock on them. Guess what? I've got a I've got a great bonus idea, bonus episode idea coming to you. And this isn't just one that I'm teasing. Okay, I've already got one recorded. I'm really excited to release it to you. It has nothing to do with agriculture. It's all about history. I'm excited to unveil it to you and if you like it you like it if you don't you don't okay let's talk about this episode i have mr cam anderson this guy i met at texas tech in lubbock texas great great guy Uh, great livestock evaluator he judged at south plains was the first all-american to come out of south plains um judged at tech was very uh competitive there and now he's a county extension agent, and he judges shows, and he does a whole bunch of stuff. So he's got a he's got a pretty cool ride uh, coming up in the industry. He's got a cool story, and we're good friends. You guys know I like to have friends on here. The conversations go really well, um, and I like him, so I'm having him on. All right, hey, follow me on my social media, okay? At the show pod on Twitter, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at the show underscore pod subscribe leave a rating leave a comment and say can don't ever wait two weeks to release an episode again or i will unsubscribe and i hate you leave that comment maybe i'll take it to heart okay but it doesn't even matter anyway because i'm going to be releasing content all the time now so we're good all right let's do it mr cam anderson you're safer here than any place else now just lock yourself in and keep quiet
1: how you doing, Kenneth?
0: What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm not doing too much. Just got off for lunch. Got off for lunch. Sitting down at home. You gonna make yourself a sandwich or what? Yeah, I think I am gonna make myself a sandwich today. A little ham, Sammy, <laughs> or what? What do you What are you ham, gonna make? Ham and cheese. Ham and cheese. Pepper jack. You like your buns toasted on a on just like a regular sandwich?
1: Uh, if I have the time to do that, I I think it tastes pretty good.
0: I mean, but it doesn't take too much time. I mean, it's only like 20 seconds, 25 seconds. Yeah, I live in a busy life. I guess so. <laughs> Dude, what you been up to, man? I mean, it's been, uh, what's it been? It's been at least uh, like three years since we've seen each other.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, our time in Lubbock was cut short, but I definitely enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, for those, i probably talk about it. I'll probably introduce you in like the, the intro before this, but. Cam and I went to uh, Texas Tech together briefly um, before yeah. I transferred, and yeah, uh, you're one of my favorites, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, we definitely still try to stay in touch the best we can.
0: We had a good time. We had a good time there. Uh, Cam's a heck of a guy, heck of a evaluator, livestock, uh, judger, extraordinaire. <laughs>
1: I appreciate that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How's Texas, man? How's Texas been treating you?
1: Texas has been nice. Yeah, I love it here. I uh, actually just moved to Brady and Target, Texas. Right, dead smack in the middle. So that's been a transition. It's been new, but really enjoying my time here.
0: I mean, do you, it, how different is it from like where, where you're used to? Is it Let's pretty see, much- growing?
1: Well, growing up on in Needville, it's on the Gulf Coast, so it's real hot and humid and kind of swampy. And then moving out to Lubbock, it's real dry and arid, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and then here in the middle, it's kind of the best of both worlds.
0: So, you're where are you compared to like Dallas?
1: Uh, Dallas, uh, about three hours southwest.
0: You've basically been living in like every environment in Texas.
1: <laughs> yeah, now I'm in the hill country. I was in uh, Gulf Coast and then out in the Southern Plains, South Plains. So it, it's been real neat to live in all the different areas and learn a little bit about each of them.
0: What's your favorite part?
1: Uh, see, growing up, we, we have, we've always hunted out here in the hill country, so I've loved it out here. So I would I'd say the hill country.
0: Nice. Not even going to be your uh, home a, home area, home sector?
1: Uh, I'd like to settle down here. Uh, I do miss Lubbock quite a bit. Lubbock was very, very good to me. I wouldn't mind going back there, but future plans, I see myself here for a while.
0: Nice, dude. That's exciting.
1: Yeah. Gr- growing up is definitely happening right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you ever get back to Needville at all? Uh.
1: And before the pandemic, we had our major show season, so I wasn't really able to go back then. And then now it's so hard to travel, but with stuff lifting up and us getting to go more, I'm planning on going sometime in June to go back and see the folks
0: and yeah. see family and catch up. Yeah, that should be good. I'm uh, I'm taking a flight this weekend. I'm going right. up to Washington. Well, that sounds fun. Well, I don't know. We'll see. That's like the hub of the <laughs> of the whole deal oh yeah better wear your mask and gloves oh yeah i'm I'm gonna be wearing a mask on on the plane for sure but uh bring, i'm used to this
1: hand sanitizer
0: dude i'm used to this mask stuff i've been having to wear a mask at work for like a month and a half now
1: well, It it's taken me some getting used to
0: oh it was awful at first <laughs> but now it's just i'm used to it i just wear a ski mask
1: <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> I'm sure it's second nature to you now. <laughs> it
0: basically is, dude. Honestly, I mean, I work in a meat cooler too, so uh, I keep my face and neck pretty warm. My ears are warm. I mean, I'm I, they can keep this mask deal at, at my work. I'm good with it.
1: It sounds like you might take that into when things get back to normal.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna forever be like a, a pandemic sympathizer, and just just I'm I'm gonna say yeah. that it, the the curve was never flattened.
1: This is your new normal.
0: This is my new normal. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I've got a question for you. All Um, right. Why give me (laughs) this is a horrible question to ask, actually. (laughs) Why do you think um, the people or the idea of going out of this pandemic and the people that are like saying stay in? Why is it so left and right? Like, why is it so political?
1: Man, that, that that's a real good question. So we're we're faced with this pretty much every day at, I mean, at work and with our everyday lives. But you know, I think there's some people that are not necessarily They're just buying into it and doing what they're told. And then there's other people out there that are gonna do what they want and don't really care what people are telling them to do. It's kind of hard to say which one's right and wrong.
0: I know, as of now.
1: As of now, I would just say listen to what the professionals say and. Do what they tell you to do and help flatten the curve.
0: Well, here's my deal is like I just keep hearing people and everyone's saying everyone's in agreement that we're not we don't have enough information. Everyone's in agreement that there's too many things getting thrown at us and we don't know what to believe. So why is there such a hard stance on either side? Why can't we just be like normal people and just be like, listen, like we actually don't know, but. Let's just like take it easy, like take it cautiously. We've never been in this situation before. Yeah,
1: and I I think quite a few people have done that. Now uh, people are getting antsy and wanting to go back to normal, and I understand that. I I was getting tired of being cooped up in the house. Oh, yeah, for sure. Not being able to go see friends and family when I wanted to, but, you know, it, it looks like as if we'd done a really good job as a country, came together, and kind of fought off this virus i know it's still out there but yeah
0: it it looks as though we're kind of gonna come out of it pretty clean i mean i'm hopeful and i mean i think that livestock shows should i think jackpot shows are good i mean i think you could even put on a county fair or, or a state fair and just have the livestock show and i think i think we'd be good in terms of like the bigger activities i mean where the public comes in into play that's a little bit more nuanced and we don't really know what would what the heck would happen there like I said, there's not enough information but I don't know yeah. it's a whole weird deal but I mean you're in you're in the state where people just do what they want anyway so <laughs> I guess you could say that <laughs> us Texans are are pretty uh, we, we like to do
1: what we want and not like to listen to people but, yeah. you know we've done a good job here, especially in the county I'm at now. We only had three confirmed cases here. Nice. Uh, People did a real good job of social distancing and not letting this virus spread.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I I feel weird still talking about it to people like in an interview because I bet people listening don't want to hear about this, but I don't know. It's just such a huge part of our life right now.
1: Oh, yeah. It's
0: dominating everything that that is happening, right. that's going on. I mean, it's so weird. Yeah, it's
1: taking away everything. I mean, most people that they, they like to watch their sports and there's no sports going on right now.
0: I mean you have that and jobs and jobs, I mean, <laughs> yeah. The Livestock
1: industry's taking the a big hit. Livestock
0: industry is taking a huge hit, yeah. It uh it's gonna be interesting how we come out of this, but uh that's that's our that's Cam and I's corona talk for the day. <laughs> we can make this a daily thing. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> Yeah, I'm in, dude. I've got a actually. Uh, I'm working on a little uh, bonus episode idea for this podcast where I talk about history with uh, my guests. Like we, yeah. like I, I want to do like obscure history. So I'll send like a, a guest a topic once a week, and then we just talk about a, a obscure history topic for like 15 minutes. What do you think? You'd be in on that? I'd be in. Okay, sweet. We'll get that on the books.
1: Yeah, for sure. Now,
0: sure. when you were growing up in Needville, how did you get into uh, to livestock? I mean, were your parents involved with the, with the livestock industry? How did you get involved? So yeah
1: that that's a that's a crazy story. So actually I was I born love it
0: in, I love a crazy story.
1: I was born in Wharton, Wharton. and uh, that's it's real close to Needville. Uh, my grandparents had a hundred acre ranch. They raised quarter horses. And uh, right before I was born, my my grandpa passed away of a heart attack. So they started selling the horses off. We still had the land. And uh, right after I was born, my dad actually got diagnosed with ALS, or Lou Gehrig's disease, which is, uh, he was paralyzed and bedridden for nine years of my life. And, you know, looking, or growing up, I never thought anything was different. I thought I had a normal childhood. I mean, looking back now, obviously, things were things were definitely different for me, but I never let that hinder me. Uh, The saying or the little motto for ALS is never give up. And I've kind of used that as my motto through life is when obstacles come, just never give up and overcome them. But uh, anyways, my dad, uh, he lived till I was about nine years old. And uh, what we did is I'd watch sports with him. So growing up, I thought I was going to be a professional athlete. That's what I had in my mind. My dad was – he actually got offered a football and golf scholarship to go to Texas State. He was a quarterback and a real good golfer. He went to state all four years in high school. But, I mean, that was me growing up. I was thinking, oh, I'm going to be, you know, the next Barry Bonds or something like that. But uh, whenever uh a- after he had passed away, you know, my mom started dating again about two years after, and I didn't really like it. I didn't want a new guy to come around the house. <laughs> but, uh, she met my stepdad, and, uh, he showed through FFA in high school. And he asked me if I wanted to show a pig one day when I was about sixth grade. I said, yeah, why not? I'll try it. Ever since then, I've been hooked.
0: Dang, dude.
1: Yeah, so it, it's crazy. It, it's crazy what God has in store for you.
0: So, um,. Do you remember growing up with your dad like watching sports? Oh yeah, I I can remember
1: and what was real weird or I mean at the time it wasn't weird for me but now is he he couldn't talk. So my mom would spell out everything with him. So she'd say a letter and he'd he could move his eyes and it'd be like left for yes and right for no. And she'd sit there at <laughs> the notepad and spell out everything.
0: Oh my. I guess I don't have any idea um what ALS is, I mean, what, like, the symptoms could, I don't really want to, like, if you're not comfortable about it, I don't want to get into it, but, like, what are some of the symptoms that are usual with Lou Gehrig's disease?
1: So, it it affects your nervous system, and it it basically just paralyzes you and kind of takes over your body. Eventually, it'll shut down your organs and stuff. It's a, it's a pretty bad deal. They They have been working on trying to find a cure for it or things like that. And I haven't stayed up to date with what all new technology they have with it, but I know they have been working pretty hard on it. I know my dad said he, uh, whenever, or my mom told me, actually my dad didn't tell me whenever he was realizing he had it, he was golfing and, uh, you know, he had a bad golf game and he's like, man, I need to go back to the golf course. Can't have this and kept going and going and couldn't grip his clubs. Right. And, you know he got new clubs all this and that and finally his speech started getting impaired and went to the doctor and ran a bunch of tests and finally diagnosed him it was wow. a crazy time
0: that just has to be um i mean just the his 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 thought process going through that has to be just devastating
1: yeah i, I couldn't tell you what he was thinking
0: Oh, what?
1: I have no idea. I I know at one time he he didn't want to be on a ventilator and be bedridden. He just wanted to ride it out. But luckily, my mom talked him into getting on a ventilator and watching me grow up. And, you know, those little memories I have of him, you know, watching football or baseball or basketball, whatever it might be, it stuck with me for the rest of my life. I'm very grateful for that.
0: Oh yeah, that's in I'm I'm so happy that you got to spend those 9 years with him. I mean, even though it was in those circumstances, I mean, at least at least you got to spend time with him and get to know him as much as possible. I mean, the fact that he would spell things out with his eyes just so he could communicate with you guys is that's crazy.
1: Yeah, it was I mean, then it wasn't anything abnormal. It was normal to me. Well yeah, thought, you're
0: just growing up in it. You're just like, Yeah, doesn't every kid have a dad like this? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean it it
1: was I mean, I kinda understood whenever I'd go to friends' houses and we'd be playing football and their dad would throw the ball to us. Yeah. Sometimes I'd wish like, why can't my dad do this? But I I never let it affect me. I just kept pushing forward and you know, just never giving up.
0: Looking back now and looking back on, like, how much that could have affected you, do you ever, like, what goes through your mind then? Like, how did it not affect you? That's what I, I want to know.
1: I'm very grateful for my mom. She sacrificed everything for us. And, you know, she had an, a, a degree in accounting, could have went off and worked. But she stayed home with my dad, and she was our she was his caretaker. And so she, I was at home with him every day until... I got old enough to go to daycare and stuff and out in the real world. But without her, it would have been very, very different. I know everybody says their mom's the best mom, but uh, I think I got the best one.
0: (laughs) We're going to agree to disagree. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, No, but dude, that's, uh, that's incredible. I mean, just uh, the strength that your mother has to have to go through that as well. I mean, to go through that whole process with your father and, I mean, her just watch her husband go through that. Uh, she has to be such a strong woman.
1: Oh, yeah, and they'd only been married a, a year or two before he got diagnosed.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And he was telling her to leave, and she said, no, I, I'm staying, I married you, and you know, till death do us part. And she stuck it out, and it was, she's way stronger than I am.
0: What a woman. <laughs> what What's your mom's name? Her name's Karen. Karen? <laughs> Gosh dang it! She's this is a good opposite.
1: one. She's the exact opposite from the Karen. She's the, she's
0: a good Karen, okay? Yeah. Hey, shout out, shout out, Karen. What's her last name now? Uh, Glass. Shout out, Karen Glast. What a woman! We ought to do yeah. uh next next interview. We have uh, when we have you on. We gotta do a a dual interview with you and your mom.
1: Yeah, I'll get her on.
0: So, uh, your mom ends up meeting your stepdad. What's his name?
1: His name's Kelly.
0: Kelly. He, she meets Kelly, and he asks you if you want to show a pig, and what, what's that process look like for you? I mean, you you don't really know anything about it, so what do you think in going into it?
1: So, so I'd actually, I showed a pig prior to that. I had a, a family friend wanting to help me out and you know get me into different organizations, and I showed one prior to that, but it it was a little different. It was it, it was more of we're gonna get a pig and you're gonna come out and you know we'll walk it some and we'll feed it some and then you'll show it. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't about the whole we're gonna the selection process, you know, like changing feeds every other day seemed bike <laughs>
0: It was but it was back to the good old days where you could just feed one out for 6 months and then take it to it, the county fair.
1: It, exactly. And then oh. when my stepdad came along it was it was definitely eye opening. We we were at the barn twice a day all the time. All our free time was at the barn. Vacations got less. But I I just really enjoyed it. It was something about it and getting to bond with my stepdad. It was it was awesome. I I can't thank him enough for you know, giving me the opportunity to do something like that, and without without him, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I know that sounds cliche and all, but you know, he really helped shape me into the person I am.
0: Well, and I mean, just like you said in the beginning of this deal, it's weird how things work out, and I mean, God's plan, and just the fact that you had your father to you were nine years old, and two years later, you get this other father figure that just kind of fills that gap for you um obviously it's not going to be your real fault. i mean there's not going to be that but still i mean he's shaped you into the man you are today i mean that's pretty lucky dude
1: oh yeah i'm very grateful i mean i have had some bad circumstances in life but like i said i don't let them hold me back and i'm grateful for all the good things and blessings that god's bestowed on me it's i'm very very grateful
0: well, you have a good mindset is is what we're coming to learn here. I mean, you don't let the the big things set you back too much. You kind of just look past them and say, "All right, what's what else is coming?"
1: Yeah, kind of just roll with the flow and you know, make the best decisions from there.
0: Yeah, I like that. That's kind of how I I like to live my life too. Just I mean, there's going to be things that set you back and things that like stress me out, but if you just kind of try to look past them and look towards the good and look for the good, you can usually.
1: Exactly. Just yeah. looking for the bigger, looking at the bigger picture.
0: Exactly. Now, when you go into, uh, did were you in FFA at all?
1: So I, I joined 4-H. I, I joined whenever I'd showed the first pig when I was in like third or fourth grade, but then I rejoined again whenever I was going to show with my stepdad and i was in 4-h from i guess i'd be sixth grade all the way till i graduated i got into ffa in high school
0: how'd you like Uh, it was did did you like the transition
1: Uh, man it it was kind of hard juggling both yeah uh yeah just with like judging contests and stuff i didn't want to make one team mad if i didn't judge with them so that was that was kind of difficult delegating which contest I was going to judge with which group, but I worked through it, and, and I learned a lot from it. Because in Texas, the judging contests are completely different.
0: No reasons, right? <laughs> well,
1: FFA-wise, there's, there's no reasons at the state contest. All of our local contests, or most of the local contests, don't have reasons. Uh, 4-H, the state and district contests, are the only ones you talk reasons at. Hmm. So that was one of the big reasons why I stuck it out through 4-H judging was for the reasons because of how important they are at the college level. Yeah, definitely. Uh, FFA wise, FFA wise, we had to do keep, coal, slaughter, and feeder grading. We had a test and uh, had to answer questions over some classes. So that was that was real beneficial too, just seeing a different side of it. So when did you start judging? I actually started in eighth grade. I was at the county fair, and uh, a kid that showed hogs, he came up to me and asked if I wanted to be on his judging team. And this is crazy. So this is how naive I was at the time. I I thought going into the judging contest that we'd all be together as like a group and get to walk around and talk (laughs) to each other. Yeah, I thought that too, first
0: contest I went to.
1: So I'm thinking, okay, well, this kid knows sheep. This kid knows cattle. Me and this other kid know hogs. Oh, we got the best team we're, out there.
0: We're in the bag. We got it. Yeah.
1: And I go to the contest and I can't talk and I'm all by myself. So it was, it was definitely eye-opening. I I was lucky enough to be third high individual at the contest, first one ever. Nice. And I guess since the early success, I don't know. I I just took with it and I couldn't. I mean, looking back, I was at a judging contest almost every weekend.
0: See that's, I wish I had that in Arizona. I mean, you guys in Texas, you've got so many little jackpot shows and different contests going on. I wish we had like that kind of circuit going on uh, in some of these other states on the West Coast and everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I think everywhere would benefit from it.
1: Oh yeah, like back home, almost every county fair had a livestock judging contest, so we'd go to all of them. And then there was a bunch of invitationals and all sorts of contests throughout the year. And plus, all our major stock shows—they have judging contests. So I was always, always on the road, always judging. Contests are second nature to me now.
0: That's pretty sweet, dude. I mean, it, it, it's something that you really loved, and so you just stuck with it. Did you, this, did you know about collegiate livestock judging in high school? Did, so, were you on the path to like try to accomplish that goal? So Needville, we we've had some good good judges come out of there. For
1: one, Brandon Callis, ooh, you know, the great the great Brandon Callis, and Shout his out. dad, his dad Dwight was actually my uh, county extension agent for a couple of years, so nice. I got to learn under him, and that was very very good. And then uh, Brandon went through the FFA program as well, and our ag teacher Michael Poe, he. He does a really good job with judging teams. He coached me up and, you know, helped me make decisions. And he kind of introduced me to the whole collegiate judging thing and said I had enough talent to go and helped get me in contact with a couple people and
0: took off from there. That's pretty awesome. I mean, so you end up going to South Plains. Where else were you looking?
1: Uh, I had an offer from Clarendon. I had an offer from Blinn. And I'd actually won a scholarship at the Connors Judging Camp when I went up there one year.
0: Oh, yeah. When you win that deal, you get the scholarship?
1: Uh, Yes. I I think I received half tuition. I think that's what it was at the time. Yeah. But (laughs) with all the scholarships I had received in Texas, they wanted you to stay in Texas. And my mom did a Texas Tomorrow Fund, which is she put in money every year and, you know, helped pay for my college. Nice. And they wanted you to stay in Texas with that. So ultimately, it got down between Blinn and South Plains. And I weighed my options and went and visited both. And after visiting with Connor and touring campus and, you know, how close it is to Lubbock, I just felt like South Plains was home. It's a small town, but it's real close to Lubbock. And you get to kind of experience college that way.
0: We could have, in a different world, we could have went to Clarendon together. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only one in Familiar that I got offered to as well.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't have many out of state schools call. Uh you know, I, I didn't show really many any or any big time animals. I showed mostly at the county and local level. I, I showed at the majors, I think from sophomore year on. But you know, not nothing really exciting happened. We yeah. showed uh, I think I made the sale. I made the sale one time with the hog. And uh actually won Reserve Champion American Scramble Steer at Houston. Ooh, watch out. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty diverse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm pretty diverse. The Scramble Steer. Why don't you, uh, why don't you uh, let everyone in on what a Scramble Steer is?
1: Well, they have calf scrambles at pretty much all the major shows here in Texas, and I'm not fit for that. I actually won mine through judging at Houston.
0: Oh, okay. Out,
1: I think they gave out twenty-five of them. And my freshman year, I was—I think I was tenth at the Houston livestock judging contest, which is like the biggest livestock judging contest in the world. That's a flex. Or, or one of them. Yeah, it, it's huge. <laughs> oh, gosh, I was—I was tenth I was there, I think, and I, I received the scramble certificate. Got a steer, didn't really know much about it. My ag teacher helped me, you know, with the feeding and told me everything was going good. He helped me clip or shear it. We're slick shear down here. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I showed. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to do that good. I mean, I, I thought my steer was nice, but, you know, you're going to Houston. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough show. It's a show. I didn't think show. I stood a chance. I didn't think I stood a chance, but ended up winning my class and then... Going back for the drive and got slapped for reserve. I, I had no idea what to do. That was the first taste of success I ever had.
0: Nice. <laughs> You've been riding it ever since, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually, my greatest claim to fame is uh, my sister showed rabbits. That's what she liked doing. And my senior year, you know, every kid senior year, their parents are like, "We're gonna give them all the best ones we got. All our best animals go to the senior." So I got this this pen of rabbits and. I fed them a couple times I I didn't I didn't do as much work as I probably should have but when you go to the barn I I spent more time with the hogs and should spend more time with the rabbits and that's just kind of how we did things teamwork
0: oh teamwork makes a dream work
1: exactly and I I actually won uh, champion rabbits at my
0: local fair my senior year oh my what'd you (laughs) make like a grand each rabbit and then they give them back to you or what
1: I think I sold for like $2,500 for the pin of three.
0: And then did they give the rabbits back to you?
1: I think, I don't remember if they gave mine back or my sister's back, but we got a pin back.
0: Mm. That was one thing that I never understood. And I think it's great. But when I was growing up and like just growing up in 4 H and I was trying to sell a pig and make and just try to make my money back. And then these small stock kids would come up and be like, "Oh yeah, I just sold my rabbit for eight hundred bucks," and then they just handed it back to me. I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Are you, like I was, I was upset when I was like growing up. I was like, "I like that's not fair." Yeah,
1: it. I'm lucky my sister wanted to show them, because that definitely helped balance our funds
0: some. Well, that helps. Yeah. All right, so you go to South Plains. Um, You're an All-American at South Plains, weren't you?
1: Yeah, I I was actually the first All-American there.
0: First All-American at South Plains. Yes, sir. That's a flex. Yeah, big flex. (laughs) That's
1: actually pretty cool. Since then, they've had quite a few. Connor, I was actually Connor's first recruit. He called me Christmas Day after he had gotten the job. And was talking to me. I was in the deer stand. Actually, we got to talking, and he told me he wanted to, uh, he wanted me to come visit. And you know, at that time, I I didn't think anything of it. There was a a kid from my school that actually was on the judging team up there, but I was pretty dead set on I, I don't know. I, I just never thought about going to South Plains, honestly. And I went and toured, and after the tour, I, I loved it. Mm. Con- Connor's done such a good job up there with. Not only recruiting, but developing kids into stockmen, and I saw that, and saw that if I went there, I, I could get really good, and took the opportunity and ran with it.
0: Now you played some ball in high school, didn't you, too? I actually quit my sophomore year to
1: focus more on judging and animals.
0: That was me too. It was
1: more because I, I didn't grow. I was still five five my sophomore year. And uh, I mean, you know me. I, I'm not a small kid, so I was on the offensive line. Yeah. And uh, I would just get ran over by them bigger kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I, I was real athletic in junior high and middle school, just because all the kids were about my size. But then when they hit their growth spurts, they outgrew me and were faster, stronger, taller. Yep.
0: Yeah. It's rough. It's yeah. rough being hey. under six foot. I'm I'm in that boat with you.
1: Yeah, I finally grew after my junior year, and the football coaches were all trying to recruit me to come back, but I was I was over it by then. Yeah,
0: yeah, you had your eyes on different things.
1: Yeah, I, I knew by then I wanted to go to the junior college route to judge, and I didn't really want to put. I, I knew I couldn't put forth all or enough effort into football or baseball or
0: basketball to
1: make a difference for them
0: yeah so from south plains it's pretty it, it's a pretty easy transition to texas tech wouldn't you say
1: oh it was really easy you being at south plains i met so many kids that went to tech so that transition in you already have so many friends there yeah so it was really easy you know the town
0: did you have your eye on any other schools you uh just, you i kind of always knew you wanted to go to tech
1: uh, growing up, I actually wanted to go to A&M, uh, just being, I mean, that was the closest ag yeah. college to us. But after going to South Plains and being around Lubbock, I, I knew that's where I i wanted to go. It, just the people there, the environment, everybody's so nice and caring. <laughs> I love that up there. Yeah. Being from the Houston area, people are a little more... I don't know, judgmental and don't really want to help you out. They're more in it for themselves. But out in West Texas, everybody, I mean, they give the shirt off their back for you to a stranger.
0: Yeah, West Texas is a different place. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, You loved it. I wasn't a big uh, fan.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not for everyone. It's not for everybody. That's print. what I keep
0: telling everybody. Like, If anybody asks me about my experience with tech, I'm like, My experience, I just didn't like. I didn't really like Lubbock. Like I didn't really like West Texas. But it's different for everybody. I've got. I mean, I've got really good friends that loved tech. I mean, uh, we both know Zane Webster. I mean, he he absolutely loved tech.
1: Yeah, I I thought tech was. It was a perfect fit for me. It's. I mean, like I said, it's not for everyone, but it. It was a perfect fit for me, and I really enjoyed my time there and the people I met, and the professors were really, really good. It was just all-around good fit for me, I thought.
0: And what what is your degree in? What did you just graduate with? Uh, I got a degree in interdisciplinary agriculture. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, I was going the economics route, but, you know, the math kind of got to me. I, I thought I was a little smarter with math until yeah. I got to Tech, and, Realized that wasn't for me.
0: Yeah, the econ route is uh, it it gets pretty tough. I've been down that route. I was yeah, I was econ at tech. Yeah, we we had a couple classes together. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm glad you really liked it. I mean, I, it's e. I also I I seem to think that it's it's pretty easy for a Texan to go to tech. I mean, it's pretty easy for a Texan to go to any school in Texas. Exactly um and I'm not I'm a pretty personable person I don't I don't mind making friends that that wasn't the problem it was just I don't know what it was it was just a it was just a vibe it was a weird vibe you know what I'm saying
1: yeah no and like I said it, it's not for everyone yeah but i I enjoyed it <laughs> I know I have a lot of friends that enjoyed it I have other friends that didn't like it and transferred
0: out yep it happens
1: exactly that
0: happens with every school though.
1: Oh yeah. Every, I mean, you got to go where you fit in and what feels like home for you. For uh, anybody looking to go to another school or, you know, taking the next step from junior college to senior college, I'd, I'd say go visit, go talk to the professors, go talk to the people that are there, people that have gone there. You know, weigh your options. Cause just cause somebody went there and liked it doesn't mean you're going to go there and like it.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Now, uh, you're you've kind of been helping out with, um, or you were helping out with, uh, coaching at South Plains, a little assistant coaching.
1: Yeah. So when I finished my judging career at Tech, I uh, I still wanted to do it more. I loved it, and uh, Connor offered me the opportunity to come be a part-time assistant while I finished up my bachelor's degree, and that was more of a full-time job than anything. It was basically judge or being a judging coach and then you know do school work when you have the opportunity to yeah this is what it boiled down to but i i really enjoyed my time with that I, I learned even more than i thought i would you know coming out of just getting done with senior college you're thinking well what more can you learn but going back through it again you just, you just i learned every day something new kids taught me stuff connor would always teach me stuff it was it was really neat and you know just developing relationships with the kids I say kids, they're only a couple of years younger yeah. than me, but that's how we referred to them.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I, I'm still really good friends with some of them. Uh, it was actually really neat. One of my high school friends, uh, Miles Hoxted, he actually went to South Plains and I got to coach him. He was on my judging team in high school, and then roles kind of got reversed when he came to South Plains and I became his coach. But it was that was really neat. He's been a family friend of mine forever. I was that's actually really his neighbor cool. at one time.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, a good looked, experience, dude.
1: Yeah, we I've known each other. I mean, it's crazy. Growing up, he would we'd be playing football on a Friday, and he'd say, yeah, I can't spend the night I'm going to a judging contest in the morning. I just remember thinking, like, a judging contest? What's that?
0: <laughs>
1: and then now, here I am, I was his coach. It, yeah. It's so crazy.
0: Now, you did that until you graduated, and then you decided to go to bigger and better things?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I guess I had a dream of being a judging coach after I graduated, but that wasn't the cards I was dealt. And uh, I actually worked for a, a water well company, Wyatt Pump, out of Lubbock, that summer before I graduated and then right after. We worked on water wells and did some custom cotton harvest, and I learned a lot from that, a lot of lifelong things that I'll be able to take on. Uh, but after that, I, w- I was looking for another job just – you know, that big kid job, per se, and, uh, I so, saw, uh, our, one of my friends actually mentioned, hey, there's a, you know, there's a county extension agent job opening in McCullough County in Brady, and, you know, we think you'd be a perfect fit, and I thought about it, I slept on it, and talked to friends and family about it, and, you know, I, it's something I've always wanted to do was, I mean, agriculture-related, I, I like helping kids, my mom's a, counselor she was a teacher she kind of have that in my blood so it it all just made sense and I took the opportunity and I, I've not looked back I've really really enjoyed my time.
0: I mean it's a good fit for you I mean being a county extension agent is not something to bat your eye at I mean they they do a bunch I mean just but be, just before we got on this interview you're, you were uh, doing some work as a extension agent yeah doing some really important work huh
1: yeah uh, we had a lady call uh, she couldn't get grass to grow in one part of her yard and she sent in a soil sample and uh, I had to call a specialist to you know kind of understand the soil analysis report a little better because I mean being a county extension agent we have to know anything from insects to grasses to wildlife to livestock and you know even helping kids it's You know, it's very, very big with the things I have to do. There's a lot of different things, and it's hard to know everything at first, but that's why you kind of network and talk to specialists and other agents and learn from them. I'm constantly learning on this job and learning more and more about agriculture. and It's really, really neat and interesting, and it's fun. It's not work. It's more fun.
0: Well, that's awesome that you're in a position – To where you you can continue to learn about the air or just the industry that you appreciate. I mean, that's what everyone needs to find is a job or profession that you can just be in the industry that you love and continue to learn everything that you can about it.
1: Oh yeah, like I I've gotten to learn about insects and caterpillars. I mean, just little bitty things that are so minute that you know the average everyday person really wouldn't think about.
0: There, there's a lot of things within agriculture that that people don't um, really uh, kind of fuse with us or or think about when they're thinking about agriculture. But insects and in, in a crop field, insects in, in your home or anything like that. Like a county extension agent has to know everything like that. I, I didn't even think about that. I mean, that's blowing my mind right now. Just saying it.
1: Yeah, it is very crazy and. Especially right now with the pandemic and stuff going on, we're real limited on what we can and can't do because, I mean, we don't want to spread. We're trying to flatten the curve. So we're doing a lot more things, you know, like over Zoom and Microsoft Teams and then talking to people about their problems. We're having to get a lot more pictures sent in by email and doing a lot more phone conversations, but we're making it work and trying to fix their problems the best we can.
0: Good. Well, I'm excited for you with that, with your new job, and I'm I'm excited to see where it takes you, dude.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm loving it so far.
0: Now, I've got a question in terms of um, judging shows. Now, I like to get like I want to get your impression on this because we're kind of the same age. We're kind of came up in this industry at the same time. When we were growing up, seeing a judge in a ring was like, basically seeing, her, like, your favorite rock star at a concert. Like, it was just, like, crazy. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Do you, like, what's What's your idea of, like, when you walk into a ring being the judge, what's your mindset? But, like, you know, it's so, I'm going to let you talk. I'll, I'll go on for hours on this, but <laughs> go ahead. I,
1: it's... I mean, I just try to focus more on the animals and I know everybody's going to say that and they try not to you know play do the political route and it is really hard the more people you know the harder it gets but if you can just you know do what's right do what you think's right and at the end of the day be able to sleep at night I think you did your job
0: I I would have to agree with that I think it, that's a- It's
1: very it's very touchy and very hard because you know someone, and if they win, then people are going to say it's political when you know you thought that was the best one there.
0: Yeah, I mean, in this world that we're coming to where – I mean, everyone's kind of – it. this is a small industry. I think everyone's starting to figure out that this industry is pretty small. We all know like, some common people in between. So with more of us coming into contact with each other, it's going to be harder and harder – for us to get judges and get people out here to these shows that no one knows.
1: Exactly. And
0: when you do that, you, you might come into some problems with some family saying, oh, well, that gets political, or, or he's political, he knows that family. Well, maybe he knows that family. Sure, he knows a lot of families, or she knows a lot of families. That doesn't take away from the fact that that was the best animal that day.
1: Exactly, and I think more people... I guess need to realize that that people aren't out to get them. The judges aren't. They don't go in there and say, "Oh, we're gonna this kid right here. They're not gonna place, or so they're not gonna win." That that's not what ninety nine percent of judges do. Now there there is people out there that I guess do do that and they give us a bad name. But you know, there's a lot of them out there that are trying to do it for the right reasons. And you know, at the end of the day, we have to remember it, it's not about the four legged animals that that are showing. It. It's about the kids. You know, it's about what they get out of it. It, There's a lot of life lessons you learn through showing an animal. I mean, yeah, all the awards and stuff, they're they're nice and they make you feel good. And I mean, it shows that your hard work pays off. But, you know, the buckles are going to tarnish and the banners are going to collect dust. Memories are all you're going to really have. So I think we need to do a better job of realizing that, you know, it's about the kids.
0: Boom. That's, that's it right there. Put that on your poster board and hang it up in your living room. I don't know. <laughs> that was a good little line. I'll probably use that for my, <laughs> for my little cold intro. <laughs> it sounds good to me. <laughs> I was even going to ask you, uh, Cam, give us some advice to the kids. But, I mean, that's it, dude. That, I mean, you hit it on the nail. And I know everyone says it. I mean, you're not the first person to say that it's about the kids but it it needs to be said as much as possible because it gets exactly. forgotten so much
1: exactly and i mean there's a lot of money that gets involved in it nowadays and you a know all, all that all that good stuff so i mean i understand you don't you don't want to take the loss but you know, at the end of the day it we're not in it to make money this isn't a get rich quick program yeah this is about developing future agriculture leaders that are going to be I mean, they're going to be the ones calling the shot one day, so we need to raise them up the right way and you know, teach them all the life lessons we can along the way.
0: Agreed. And especially just how this industry has changed over the past 10 years. I mean, no one knows what the future is going to look like within this deal. I mean, is it going to steady off? Are prices just going to keep skyrocketing? I mean, what? where's the cap on buying uh, a prospect steer like because there doesn't look like there's a cap. it doesn't look like there's a cap at this point yeah on what a market steer or a barrow or a, a weather i mean these are animals that can't even get bred, and they're selling for crazy crazy amount of money
1: i know it, it makes it harder you know when you're going to buy animals for families and helping them out and And they have a budget, well, you know you you go there and you might say, "Well, that's the best one. Well, it doesn't fit in their budget, yeah, so that that makes it a little more difficult i I haven't had to experience anything like that yet, but that's coming up with you know gearing up buying animals for next major show season,
0: yeah, I mean it just if you're if you're not showing livestock this summer or this year, save your money and get a real good one next year." But I mean, there it has to steady off, right? I I would think so, but probably not. You no, know,
1: I, w- I, I wouldn't have thought the industry would be where it's at today ten years ago.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I say
1: that I I really didn't think about it like that back then, but looking back, I, I I didn't see it being like this. And I I mean, it it's still a great industry, great organizations. It does so much for the kids.
0: It's a different beast, that's for yeah. sure. But uh, but we love it and we're in it, so oh yeah. There's no stopping it. I mean, we started this train. I mean, we've got like what is there? Like six podcasts now, six or something podcasts now. Just um, kind of covering stuff in the ag industry or in the show industry, just the show oh. industry. So I mean, we started this train. I'm a part of it. You're a part of it. Every, et, all of us are a part of it. There's no stopping this thing now.
1: Exactly. And i've I've been being able to catch up on some of the podcasts here recently. Uh, you know, that's what I'll I'll put my earphones in, and while I'm doing computer work or something, I'll just be listening, listening to you talk.
0: Do you listen sometime. to uh, you listen to Jake's?
1: Yeah, I've actually listened to all of them, but the most recent one.
0: How do you like his? Uh, I love Jake's. Yeah, he's a good Jake, guy. Jake's
1: an awesome. Yeah, Jake's an awesome guy. I've only met him a handful of times. We have a lot of mutual friends, and I hadn't heard a bad thing about him. And after meeting him and being around him a couple times, I'd I'd agree with him. Real well, you know, guy.
0: you know who does his intro? Connor Newsom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
1: trust me, I've already heard. He thinks he's a celebrity now.
0: <laughs> he thinks he's pretty famous, or what?
1: Yeah, that's his biggest flex right I, now.
0: I actually, <laughs> I need to get Connor on. I've been wanting to get Connor on for a little while. Uh, be ready. Be ready for the talk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> be ready for what? <laughs> be ready for about a two-hour segment. <laughs> oh gosh,
0: I'm excited for it. that. Those are my favorites. Yeah, he, yeah, you need
1: to pick his brain. He's very, very knowledgeable. Yeah, I, I, figure, I,
0: I thought Jake yeah. was going to snag him up pretty quick just because, I mean, Connor's a sheep guy, but I'll have him on and then Jake can have him on.
1: Yeah, get him first.
0: <laughs> yeah. But Yeah,
1: Connor's very knowledgeable. I I see him judging a lot of sheep and goat shows. Sweet. And, you know, not just that. He's he's good with cattle. He's good with hogs. He I mean, he specializes with sheep and goats. That's what him and his brother raise. They raise sheep and Olton. Yep. But he—he's
0: he an all-around his stuff. talent, yeah. I mean, to be oh, a judging yeah. coach, you got to know—you got to know your stuff.
1: Yeah, and he was coached by some of the best coaches, Brandon Gunn and Jake Frankie.
0: That's another guy I need to get on. Brandon Gunn—I remember him when he was judging at Connor's. I've been trying to get him on for a little while now, too.
1: Yeah, he, that would be a good one too.
0: You know Brandon at all personally?
1: Uh, not very well, but if you got got in contact with Connor, he could he could get that done.
0: Here's a. I know a lot of people listen in Texas, and you're from Texas, so I'll probably get some more listeners from Texas. If you know Brandon Gunn and you're listening to this podcast, tell him I want him on. I sent him an email a while ago. I'll reach out to him again. If you're listening right now and you know Brandon, tell him I want him on the podcast. Boom, done. There we go.
1: Yeah, drop the mic.
0: All right. Cam, that's all I got for you, dude. All right, Cam. Oh, I'm
1: thinking – I'm gonna have to get back to the office here, shortly. yeah. I think so. Your lunch
0: break's about done. I, I gave you 10 minutes to uh make a sandwich, yeah. There's, there's your hour lunch, yeah.
1: I guess I'll have time to toast the bread this time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great callback! All right, all right, Cam, dude. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming on, dude. I appreciate it. Your story's incredible. I love you. I need to see you again soon, dude. It's uh, We'll get together soon. When all this craziness stops, I'm going to try to be at uh, the Texas Majors this upcoming year. I want to be there to promote the podcast and stuff like that, so I'll, we'll try to get in touch there.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I was actually going to Arizona right before this uh, pandemic hit. I was going to judge a show out
0: there. Where? And I,
1: ah, you had to ask. It was a county show south of Phoenix.
0: Oh, you were going to judge um Oh, come on. Uh Pinal. Yes, Panel, yeah. I remember yes. that. Panel's a yeah, good I, show in Arizona. It's not too bad.
1: Yeah, and I was going to see if we could meet up then, but that show got canceled when all this happened and oh, I hadn't really had time to plan anything since then.
0: Well, well, I mean, you'll be out here. It won't be the only uh, show you judge in Arizona. We've got a pretty big circuit, and we'll get your name in there.
1: Oh yeah, hopefully, I'm. I look forward to it. I've judged in a couple states now, a lot of county and local shows and jackpots, and you know, just making my own name for myself that way.
0: Good deal. Well, if anybody needs a judge, reach out, Cam Anderson. What's your uh, plug? Your socials here, real quick. Uh, what what, what do you need? Just plug you like your Instagram, your Facebook. Facebook is Cam Anderson C A
1: M. And then also, Andy. I'll, have a,
0: I'll spell it on the uh, title
1: so you'll be good. Um, Instagram, I really don't get on there much. Or Twitter.
0: So what about snap? Uh, you wanna put it you wanna give the people your snap?
1: Uh, yeah, why not? Anderson underscore cam.
0: Anderson underscore cam. All right, folks. Yeah. Check him out. Cam, I appreciate you coming on. I'll talk to you again soon. You'll definitely have to be a recurring guest, and I want Karen on next time.
1: Okay. <laughs> I will get her on.
0: <laughs> All right, dude. I'll talk to you later.
1: All righty. I appreciate it, Cam, you have a good one.
0: Bye. Time's so you must listen carefully. Like I said before in my intro, guys, I will have a bonus episode coming out very soon. It's pertaining to like obscure history. so history that you're not gonna find in your textbooks, uh, basically. That's my best description of it. Hopefully, history that's gonna like just make you question what the media presents to you on a daily basis. And it's gonna be history from like throughout the entirety of the human race. So it's not just subjected to like a hundred years or 200 years. I'm going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff that maybe you don't really know about or not a lot of people know about. And I don't know a lot about it, so it's going to give me an opportunity to learn more. Um, that's all I got for you guys this week. Thanks for sticking it out with me. Thanks for listening. I love you guys. Talk to you later. Listen to Ledger- Legendary Mindset too. I wish I would have said that smoothly, but you know me. you got to go. Okay, got a blast. Love you. Bye.